Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's the daily podcast in which we analyze Donald Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. I'm actually currently laughing because Mark's a little silly head. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Scott Corelli from DuelingGenre.com, and I have no idea what you guys are talking about. (laughs) I think as soon as I hit record, this dog barked, but he did like a just a quick... Oh, there, no, there it is. you go. It's barking. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, podcasting is extremely hard. Welcome back to Dog Bark Minute. My name is Nathan. It's Bork Minute. B O R K. Oh, excuse that's me. How they, yeah, that's how this one barks, anyways. Uh, <laughs> today, we're talking about minute number 75 of Donna Justice, which starts with uh, Perry White annoyed that Clark Kent is missing again. Uh, and then it ends with Rocky being loaded onto a tractor trailer, which. Uh, it's the kryptonite. What, oh, it's the what? The who? That's what they're called. They're called tractor trailers. That's what it is, ain't That's it? It's just what it is. I don't That's know. That's the semi? trailer of a tractor, right? Like a tractor truck? Like a I don't semi know, truck? I don't I know they're called semi trucks. I don't know what a is but, that what the is that why the, trailer. the term it's a tractor semi, trailer semi comes trailer. from? Is it a, a semi trailer? There do you, you go. Scott, do you them. use the term tractor trailer? No. Or is that just like yeah. No. Is that just from here? I, I, is that from here, from Florida? Yeah, is that like a southern thing? No, this is what the what the cab is known as. That's a tractor truck, uh-huh. and then what's attached to it is, is the a trailer. Trailer. So it's a tractor trailer. Different from a Semi-truck? construction trailer tractor. A yeah, construction tractor. Or a farm. Welcome tractor back truck. to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, like this is where you know why well, have names for all these different things. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I don't make trucks. If you guys liked this, you'll also love our new podcast where Mark and I talk about all different types of vehicles and, you know, kind of question where the basis of their names come from. I want to know if there's a monster truck podcast where people talk like analysis and they're You're like, kidding. just like people do with any other sports. Like, oh, like I really feel like Ovechkin's not performing as well with the Pittsburgh Penguins or what he plays for the Montreal can or- yeah, yeah, Canadians yeah. I thought or whatever. You were but it's monster like monster truck names. People are like monster trucks. Like, oh, Gravedigger did well this past Monday. I wonder if he's <laughs> is Gravedigger still a monster truck? That was a monster truck that was, was popular retired. when we were kids. Like, I don't know monster. We're doing trucks. it now. This is the podcast. I can't be a part of that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't sign up for this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> um, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The minute starts with. Oh yeah, I already did it. Yeah. So let's just dive into it. Uh, so yeah, did you already do it? Yeah, we did. So yeah, this scene uh, feels misplaced to me uh, because it's, you know, it's so funny. I was excited to watch this ultimate cut because I thought for sure one of the most egregious errors in the theatrical cut would be fixed in this cut because there's obviously a deleted scene here. And it was not fixed because I guess there isn't a deleted scene and this is just bad. So... This scene with uh, with Perry asking where is Clark and, and and Jenny being like frazzled and on her way to something important being like I don't I I don't I don't know um, <laughs> which yeah I really I like that because I think you're right Nate from yesterday I don't think she was prepared to have a line yeah. in this scene yeah yeah um, but uh, at the end of this he says to himself probably clicked his heels and went back to Kansas no doubt. Okay, in all of the laws of cinema, if you are there, – there's a thing called call and response editing 
or mm -hmm. question and answer editing, which is that you have someone ask a question in one scene and then you answer it directly in the next scene. We talked about it a little bit with them talking about the all powerful evil God of Superman. And then we cut to the, the, the goofy Clark Kent. Clark yeah. Kent. Yeah. And so that, that's a call and response edit is what that is. Right. Mm -hmm. There's no call. This is backwards. This, there's no call and response here. There's no what should follow when Perry White says probably clicked his heels and went back to Kansas. No doubt. We should have a scene of Clark in Smallville talking to his mom about what that lady said. Yeah. And being like, what should I do? That should be the next scene in this movie. It's almost like it's a it's a call answer and then call yeah and it, the answer for the second one is supposed to be what we just saw like or something where yeah. is he yeah, yeah it's like oh he clicks his heels and goes back can it's like no he wasn't did you not see him? he was in Gotham like we just watched right it. like that's where he is it's, it, why are you asking that question now it feels like a misplaced scene and it's completely unnecessary like you can you can cut this scene out and it doesn't change anything or at least just. Leave that there. That's fine. Like, we know where he actually is. But when you say that, move to the scene with Martha and Superman in mm -hmm. Smallville. And But it's like, it almost feels like, oh, no, we can't spend too much time with Superman because we have to go back to Batman being Batman. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what, we can't have three S Superman scenes consecutively? We have to, like, go back to right. the white Portuguese bit? In, yeah, I don't... Instead, what we end up with is this weird transition where, for some reason, uh, it's it makes Perry White seem like he's saying son of a white Portuguese, uh, which is... Which... Uh, is, you want to you want to tackle that one? Just such a weird like why 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 is that how you're gonna edit this together? Where he just goes son of a and then white Portuguese <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's such a weird I why do you do that? Like this is I I I legitimately think this is poorly done. This this scene has no business oh. being in this movie, uh, and and I think that I think this I think. This scene, this Perry White scene has no business being in the movie if you're not going to another Clark scene after it. Yeah. yeah. I guess, I mean, it, does it, is the only purpose, is it just like the second Wizard of Oz reference that we're getting and it's supposed to play towards that? Yeah, there's a lot of them. But uh, you, if we're going to cut to the Martha Superman scene, you got to cut out that son of a part because you cannot cut oh, to yeah, Martha. God. Right. Oh, no. yeah. No, definitely not. No, you, you would you'd cut out. They waited too long to cut out of this scene anyway. Uh, like, yeah. it should have just been like, you know, click his heels, go back to Kansas, no doubt. And then you should cut to. I honestly think they decided they either cut that scene or decided not to shoot it. And they just. They do this thing, when, especially when you shoot a scene in one angle like this. Uh, mm -hmm. You'll do a thing where you start the camera, you, you start rolling early, and you, you just keep rolling. And let mm -hmm. the actors like find the ending so that you have stuff, you have material to work with in the edit. And yeah. so what I imagine happened is like, that's how Lawrence Fishburne decided to end the scene is to like literally walk out of it going son of a bitch. Um, but I think or in the, on the page, I would imagine that it ends with the Kansas line and, and it cuts to a, a scene in Smallville. Because I, it doesn't. Absolutely. It just doesn't make any sense otherwise. It just doesn't make any sense. So, 
I'll like I'll, this is what I like doing. I like defending it, and I like mm-hmm. trying to find some sort of aspect where maybe like this is the thought process for it. I agree with both you guys. I don't like this. I think it's misplaced. It's weird. But maybe the defense for this is that I think we said yesterday we like noticed uh, the time of day it is outside. It's like you know sunset. It's it's getting it's all it's dusk. It's going to be nighttime. Mm-hmm. So if we're to understand the schedule of investigative reporters are just you're supposed to be there all the time to make your deadlines or whatever. So like Perry seeing Clark not at his desk and, you know, maybe the things that he was in Gotham central, like those were happening at like, I don't know, two, three o'clock in the afternoon, maybe a little bit earlier. Now it's like five thirty, six o'clock, the sun's setting. It's about to be night. Clark should be at his desk following up on stories for the paper that's supposed to come out tomorrow. But he's not there. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's preparing for the 14 hour mark that we got from Bruce that we're seeing in the next scene. So maybe there's like a defense of like, like, yeah, the call to answer was in the two scenes before, but then this call is like, where's Clark? Oh, he's preparing. We get a Batman scene next. Spoiler alerts. Superman shows up at the end of that night. So he's going to be there. So maybe this is like where Superman is preparing to confront the bat. And I don't, I don't know. And see like that defense is a little, a little bit of a stretch but blah. If you don't, if you don't see it, it's not. I, I don't feel like it's. There's no hint that that's what's happening. Um, right. And and uh, and as far as like the time of day, until I did my notes, and I and I, you know, I've now seen this movie three times, and I paid mm-hmm. very close attention to the scene because it stuck out every time I watched it. I've never noticed that it was dusk before. Uh, before exactly. watching it, so I I don't even think it's it's being used as a particularly. Uh, well, like transitional uh, mm-hmm. scene because I, I don't I'm not noticing that, and if I'm not noticing that, then it's not working. Uh, exactly. So I just I don't I don't know I don't. I'm yeah. Hey, I agree with you. Like that 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 defense was so much of a stretch, but like yeah. I don't know. I feel like I have to try to find something to defend it. I don't like it, but it's like they put it in there for a reason. Somebody got paid. Somebody put their time and effort into that. And, you know, that was ran through a bunch of people looking at it as a final project being like, yeah, I almost like, you don't think there was one guy with a notebook, like taking notes and saying that shouldn't have been there. That shouldn't have been there. That shouldn't have been there. That should have been there. Like what happened to this one? I almost wonder if they had to keep it in due to some sort of contractual obligation to Lawrence Fishburne. Could be. It does really seem like a very B-roll-esque type of scene. Like I said, like, you know, have the actors go in. Yeah. Yeah. Have the actors go and then. To make you feel more in the situation and more in the scene, you know, he calls out to mm-hmm. another character that's in the building that we know, Jenny, and it's like, you didn't need to. Why call out to her? She didn't know she was going to get asked for a line of dialogue. Like, there was no cue there. It's just like, it's just B-roll. I don't mm-hmm. eh. We don't get the Martha Superman minute that we're kind of referring to that yeah. would bleed into this. We don't get that until week 17, so two weeks from now, and... uh what happens before that one is Lex Luthor with like doing the, he's got the kryptonite and he kind of mm-hmm. goes up to, he's got his hands up and whatnot. And then after that, it cuts into Kahina Ziri not going to her apartment for said reasons. Yeah. But so it almost makes you wonder, well, why is it there and not here? Mm-hmm. Why is the daily planet sign? Why isn't the daily planet scene? We'll have to there? analyze like why the words of wisdom that Martha gives 
cow. Like, mm-hmm. why does she give it there? Like, what is the reason? Because he's in the suit. He's going to show yeah. up next week. He's about this. to go do something. Yeah. yeah. Why do you guys? He's okay. A, he's about. To, he's about to go to the Senate. Okay. Yeah. Why? What? Why do you guys call him Cal? It's driving me nuts. <laughs> um. It's. I I like it. It's just it's remember, his birth name. I remember man. Scott like, saying that Cal does not exist as an identity. No, I, yeah. Cal, Cal isn't real. Like I I gave you guys leeway on Man of Steel because he wasn't Superman mm-hmm. yet, and so you had to call him something to differentiate him when he was yeah. in the suit. That's fine. But now you're just like throwing around Cal. No, he's Clark. He's Clark, <laughs> and he's Superman. There is no Cal L. That's not a real person. He was never I, that character ever driving me crazy i said it was cal because <laughs> i said it was cal <laughs> because he had nuts. like the he did the whole finding of his roots thing which is like yeah someone finding out like their roots and i'll, I'll stop <laughs> <laughs> i mean i it's it's like that whole if we're gonna um i don't know it's the messianic aspect in my opinion like i like calling him by like what a scripture would call him and like that's you know it's cal it's like no. you would call him by like what the birth name on krypton like where he origin was from like, cause it's almost, almost like a legend kind of, cause I don't know him as Clark Kent, you know, I would know him as Superman when he's saving people. But if I know him as an idea or like what he stands for, it seems like that in my sense is more of like what Jor-El stood for. And that's Cal. But you know him as Clark. Know. Yeah, but I, I, I have the defining, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I know when Clark Kent is Clark Kent and I know when. Superman is being supposed to be perceived as Superman, but every other time where he's just being normal, I don't like to think of it as just Clark Kent because that's like. Oh, so you're one of those um, people I, who I thinks that Clark Kent is a is a is a false identity. It's something that he puts on, a persona that he puts on. Not not so much as uh, like yes, but not on the same caliber as Batman, Bruce Wayne. Like Bruce Wayne uh. is the mask. I get that, but like. I can call Batman Bruce like you know, I did it at the beginning of the week here. Like I would call him Bruce when clearly he's not being the Bruce Wayne billionaire playboy, but he's not in like, I don't know. It's just like his first name. I like the kind of first name aspect of it. But Clark is um, like Clark Kent is a mask, but at the same time, like that's how he was raised. And he sees himself as Clark Kent right. in Man of Steel. Like, in comics, yes, he sees himself as Clark Kent. In Man of Steel, I like to think that he sees himself as Kal-El. Um, I think he's exploring he's his adopted. roots, sure. Yeah. 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 So, like, the whole ad- adopting that persona of Cal, yeah. like... That's fair. Like, exploring, up- like I, I like that. So, like, yeah. I like to call him, I, I guess, I'm... Uh, uh, so it's fair to call him and Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I do think I'm it's fair to call the him character. and Man of Steel, for sure. Cause it's I'm like still, to, I just love me. that name. I I just love the name Cal, yeah. man. I named my cat Cal. Like it's just it works. <laughs> <laughs> he named his dog Cal. Exactly. <laughs> so there's the inspiration right there. I'm just in love with Henry, man. But it's yeah. To me, it was like you know when people were chasing the, the roots after like say, slavery was abolished in America and people started actually like rediscovering their African roots and like actually getting back the name that they once had mm-hmm. it was like one of those things that was really popular back then and so like with cow when he goes to his mother and he's like oh i found my parents i learned about my culture and stuff like that and it's like oh and so your name is cow because like yeah you've rediscovered it kind of thing so that's when but you know i guess we can just call him superman <laughs> or, <laughs> i just i i'm sorry to be so so dismissive i just i oh god no. i just don't it 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 just drives me crazy because to me like superman and clark like clark he was raised as clark he is clark that is who mm-hmm. he is 
as a as a person. Um, yeah. And, at the end of this movie. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. And so like it it to call him Cal like feels I don't know so impersonal and and clinical to me that um it just it rubs <laughs> me the wrong way I don't like it. Uh, it feels like you um, are the people who hate Superman. Like that's that's oh. like the people like Lex Lex would call him Cal L. I mean I do I yes, I do acknowledge true. that he is an alien. Yeah. Yeah. You. I don't even like acknowledging that. I think that's the. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the aspect of it. That was what I when I was a kid. I did not like Superman that much because I always thought of him as like this, you know, pristine image of what man is supposed to be. It wasn't until later on that I like actually it hit me where it's like, hey, yo, he's an alien, and like that whole at, like mindset of, oh, it's completely different, like. You know, he has a different name. Like Clark a, Kent is the human. Like he's that's a space immigrant. Yeah. That's it. It's he a is a space immigrant. That's a and then politically correct. Term. Call him like what he should be. It's like it's Cal. You know, extraterrestrial immigrant. I I, I yeah. would venture a guess that if 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 Superman was real, he would not like you calling him Cal. Does Goku like being called Kakarot? I have no idea. I don't. Know. I, don't <laughs> I don't know. And anything it's the about same exact world. thing, though, right? It's the same thing, and like. I, I like that you call him Goku because it's just the universe, it's the Earth name given to him. It's what he refers himself as, whatever. But then people from his own planet, of course, they're going to call him Kakarot. If there were Kryptonians around, there were Kryptonians in Man of Steel. He calls him Cal. Sure. It just, it just, it makes sense to me, and it's stuck. So I'm sticking with All it. Right. It's Yo, stuck in your head. <laughs> um, moving on into what is known as the white Portuguese scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Son of a white Portuguese this, scene. The yeah. son of a white Portuguese <laughs> scene. This this uh this scene when I saw it, I think in hindsight, uh much like the Joker in Suicide Squad, it was one of those things where I was like, Is that it? Is this like <laughs> well not like not what this whole scene is, because I love I love the whole Batmobile thing. We'll get in next week. But the whole like but the whole like, build up of the white Portuguese. And then here is the white Portuguese and it's 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 a background thing. It's just it. It's just like, oh, there's the white Portuguese, and there it goes. And it's like, wait a minute. Are we done here? Is the white Portuguese the rock? It's like, no, it's not the rock. It's the ship that it came on. And it was like... So is it wrong to put so much emphasis on the title, white Portuguese, and it have not nothing to do with it, but it just being used as like a tool for the main... Item, I, I, I guess. feel like the white Portuguese should have been a pseudonym for the rock I, or something. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a lazy it's it's I, I think it's a lazy t- uh, a screenwriting tool to like make it's like a lazy mystery, you know, um, misdirection. Yeah, yeah, because like obviously the thing that we are interested in is the is it because it's not even a mystery. It's like we we don't know who the white Portuguese is, but then when we find out, it's like. The ship that the rock came on. It's like, well, we already knew about the rock, so this isn't even this, is like, this. You you spent an hour like driving us down this this white Portuguese rabbit hole, and it literally meant nothing. Um, it was you know, it it feels like it's one of my it's one of my criticisms of this movie is that like I like all everything that it's doing with these two characters and and sort of like building to this clash between them but Mm -hmm. i don't i don't like how long it takes i don't think it needed to take this long i feel like we spent so much time on this white portuguese thing and it just ends up being the boat that the rock is on and we already knew about the rock because the rock is in like the second scene in the movie 
and yeah. just keep thinking of Dwayne Johnson every time you say that. Yeah, like, I don't know yeah. what's wrong with yeah, the kryptonite. So like we know about the kryptonite in the second scene of the movie, and then it end- we find out oh white Portuguese. What does this mean? What does this mean? Oh whoa, where is this gonna go? And then it's like oh it's the ship with the kryptonite on it that was in minute ten. Oh. Is this supposed to play to like the ill detectiveness that we've been seeing in this? Like, no, is it, is know. the white Portuguese we thread supposed to be the extent point, of the detectiveness? At one point in the film, we see Lex Luthor in all white, and it's just it just seemed like oh, white Portuguese. You even He's, see Metallo again in this scene right here, and it's like yo, he could be he could be the white Portuguese. Yeah. Just make something more tangible, yeah. except the boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of all the things that it could have been, it's the boat. It's like it's like if I don't know, it's like. It's like a, if, I don't know. It's I like thought, it could have been a donkey for all we care. Can, can I like, tell you what I thought it was going to be? Go ahead. I thought, yeah, what, while I was watching it, I thought the white Portuguese was Wonder Woman. So, because I knew Wonder Woman was in the movie. And so this whole time, I thought it was going to end up being her. And then when it ended up being the ship with the kryptonite on it, I was like, wait, What? Because it, it, I mean, obviously the, the trick is that you're supposed to think that it's a person. Um, and that was like the whole deal. But I thought it was like something Lex Luthor was also manipulating Wonder Woman, something. And he referred to her as the white Portuguese. Like, I mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was going to be something like that. Like a, so, some sort of Lex code name for Wonder Woman. Uh, and, or, yeah. Or, yeah. But or General Zod's body or something. Something, like, yeah, totally. Something that just seemed like, like by the time I get to the end something of this film, that there needs to be, <laughs> like Lex yeah, Luthor like, needs to like pull the curtain and be like, no, this, like this is what the white Portuguese is. And we have to be like, oh, yeah. wow, that's what it is. And it's like, we it's, spent, like it's a boat. Man, <laughs> we spent 70 something minutes on like, you know, essentially like the buildup of this white Portuguese. And it's not even like, the ship has a hard time getting into the harbor. Like it should be like, maybe there should be a blockade. Like this, there should be a climactic event of like the white Portuguese getting it to its destination or, you know, just like the uh, introduction of just boom, white Portuguese right there. Yeah. Hey, it's right there. Like it should, there have been like an attack on the ship. Should there have been something bigger dealing with the white Portuguese? Should there now have been, that like, would have been cool. A whole lot like of mess art, of drugs like, on it or something. Take the warehouse scene, but put it on the white Portuguese. Yeah. Like what they did. That was in, um, what was that Captain America movie? Oh, Winter Soldier. There you go. In the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Something had, like that. Yeah. Exactly. Like a you know a whole now that would Splinter make Cell scene or whatever. The white Portuguese a lot more interesting. It would. It would give maybe more reason to it. But like this, I don't know. It, wouldn't, it still wouldn't help I'm with the mystery with... though. The the mystery Not is still like a non-entity uh, because mm-hmm. we we find out that we knew the whole time. Like as an audience, we were we knew the whole time about the kryptonite. And so when you yeah. find out, like, oh, it's a ship carrying the kryptonite, it's like, oh, so we actually knew this whole time what it was, and Batman didn't know. Oh. Like, it's just not satisfying, you know? Yeah. You know what is satisfying, though? What? Batman fighting in the docks of Gotham. Which Yo, I feel like is a classic thing, right? This, like, him on that perch of this, uh, you know, crane, I guess, like... They were, I remember distinctively when I bought this movie at, uh, you know, and took it home and watched it. Like that, I don't necessarily knew if I paid attention to like that panning of him on the crane. Like I remember it was in the trailer, 
And I remember trying to look for it watching the movie, but I think I was so excited about what was happening, I just missed it. I remember being at home and like pausing it and being like, oh, there he is! Like, <laughs> like a classic. Yeah. yeah. Just something about, yeah, like, uh, I don't know he who looks was, good. I don't know who established it, but just like, Oh yeah, Batman always has to fight at the docks or like these like yeah. with the trailers that are stacked well, up like on each other. Well, like all like the crime things go through the dock trade. Like Gotham, oh, Gotham Port, yeah. Gotham Gotham Port is like the you know crime hub. Mm-hmm. So like everything goes through there. So it yeah, Batman just goes to the docks. This uh this 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 shot was very controversial. Um, I know you guys didn't follow you don't follow like the internet stuff, but this was a really controversial shot. I remember and. It was so because f- of the gun, yeah, because right? of the rifle, and and I mm-hmm. I remember thinking I, like two things: people were really offended at the idea that Batman would have a gun, and he would did just like mm-hmm. it's like what like what his parents were killed with a gun, Batman would never have a gun, and I remember at the time I was working at a at a website uh, panels.net, which has now been absorbed by another website, and I don't work there anymore, um, but uh, it it was a comic book website and everyone there was so offended about this rifle and was like, you know, using it as proof that this movie was going to be, you know, awful. Um, Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, even at the time I was like, it's not a rifle. Like it's, it's yeah. not going to be a rifle, guys. It's it's not going to be a rifle. Like, and, and they just wouldn't listen. I'd be like, well, but it, they're basing this off of iconography from dark Knight returns there's a scene in mm-hmm. Dark Knight Returns where he has a rifle, but even oh, even yeah. that rifle, he's using it for non-lethal means. Like he's using it mm-hmm. to shoot another inanimate object, um, to yeah. to uh, to do something. I forget what it was. It was something on a roof um, that he was yeah. he was shooting the rifle at the thing, and they just like no one would listen like no one would listen like they were like well that's not a reason for for him to have a rifle i was like but he doesn't i have no one should have an issue with batman using a gun for non-lethal reasons like yeah like any kind of gun like if he wants to use an ak-47 as long as he's not shooting people with it if he's having he's using it for like some sort of tactical reason of some kind, like he's needing to mm-hmm. get through a door. And so he's shooting it through it or something. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, and, and so I just remember like this scene in particular, I remember I was so satisfied when you find out what this thing is. Um, we yeah. don't find out this week. It's going to be n- next week for you guys to talk about, but yeah, I just remember being very satisfied being like, I knew it wasn't a gun. Damn it. It's, <laughs> I, you're, you're absolutely right. I never like it just, and I think, most of the time, like, because I, I saw all the criticism about it, too. And at first, I was like, what are you guys even talking about? So then I had to, like, actually, like, deep, like, deep dive into the trailer to find mm-hmm. what they were talking about. And then I see the gun. And then I'm like, so you think there's going to be a scene where Batman just snipes just people? sniping people. Yeah. And he's <laughs> just like, all right, I'm done. It's like, wow, that was such a such an overwhelming like action scene i really love how he just sniped everyone (laughs) instead of actually being batman it's like you really think that's how it was gonna go like i like instantly knew i was like oh it's it's just gonna be a grapple gun like or something yeah Yeah, i thought it was gonna be like uh, like, look how high up he is like how's he gonna get down he needs to like grapple off something doesn't he like and then people scott you said like people that just don't listen which is completely backwards in my opinion like i don't understand how you even like consider yourself to like that character and not listen to other iterations or other opinions about it but like there's been comics where like batman has touched a gun and freaked out like i don't even want to i don't want that in my sight 
But then, like, that's not that's not realistic. Like, no, you, you can't. But then like, again, I, like everything looks like a gun that he had. Like, yeah. a, who says like a grapple gun doesn't look like a gun? I exactly. Mean, it's called it's like, a gun. And even in Final <laughs> Crisis, yeah, yeah, Final Crisis, he shoots Darkseid with like a god gun, and like people <laughs> didn't give a shit about that. No. Like. Hey, you remember when Batman actually shot Darkseid? Like, do you remember? He used a gun, and people were like, oh, it was a space gun. Fuck off. No Sorry. One, <laughs> no <laughs> one thought anything in the Dark Knight, uh, the movie, and he has, like, the sticky bomb gun in, oh, yeah. in China. Yeah. And it's like, when I saw the movie, at first I was like, what is he going to do with that? Yeah. And then it was like a sticky bomb. I was like, oh, okay. Sorry. Even in the Dark Knight, he picks up, there's a, a clown in the penthouse that, you know, hands up pretty boy and he has the gun and he breaks it apart like it's not like he was freaking out like oh this gun can't be here I'm gonna go like he like, takes it apart and like does like what he's supposed to do with it it just it makes sense yeah no it 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 really i mean it's it's this is a perfect example of people coming into this movie with an assumption and even when that assumption is proved proven wrong they find a way to prove themselves right somehow like mm-hmm. I, it'll like you know the the dark knight thing is a perfect uh dark knight returns thing is a perfect example of that like me saying well but he uses a rifle in dark knight returns and then they're like well the dark knight returns isn't really a good interpretation of batman and it's like what okay all right whatever <laughs> whatever okay that's fine it's like that was taken from the panel like exactly yeah. like the you want me to grab the book for you? Like, yeah, right. But it doesn't matter. In, like, it doesn't matter that you're proving no. it. It's like, it's like, you know, it's it's like talking to a certain subsect of uh, of uh, political believers. Uh, you mm-hmm. just can't mm-hmm. you can't prove anything to them. It doesn't matter how much proof you're shoveling on them. They're they're gonna dismiss all of it. All of it's not real. Like it's just because it doesn't fit into whatever their worldview of Batman is. This movie doesn't fit into it, and so therefore it's bad. And mm. I, you know, I talked about this at the beginning of the week, but that's just that's not that's a man. I just can't imagine going through life like that. I just can't imagine it of of just dismissing everything that you don't like personally that that you don't see the value in or whatever as bad. Like people think mm-hmm. this movie is bad. Not, not just that they don't like it, that it's not, that's not enough for them. They have to say that it's actually a poorly made movie. And that just, I, that argument boggles my mind. I've seen people call this the worst movie ever made. And I'm like, in what universe could that possibly be true? Compared to almost any other work of fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and just like, I mean, how can you say that when Ed Wood exists? When the room exists, <laughs> like it just, it doesn't, it just, it literally doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever. You cannot call this a poorly made movie. It's not. It definitely makes mistakes. It's not a perfect movie, but it, for what it's setting out to do, I think it is executing at a level that I find impressive. Absolutely. And uh, I think in The Dark Knight Returns, I think the the rifle that is used i think it's a grapple gun as well i think that's what it's not a and this we'll find out what this one is but i think it is a grapple it's gun. a grapple because he takes like helicopters out or something he like gets there's yeah. something on a helicopter he's using yeah it's something yeah, it's, i remember the helicopters being in the movie in like I the animated like, there's like three helicopters they thought, grapple into isn't, it isn't um 
isn't like Two Face on the roof and mm-hmm. yeah, he's like trying to yeah. get to Two Face yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has something to do with that, but he's not shooting anyone. Uh, he's no, he's no. using the rifle he, for as a means to an end. Like he's trying to. Do I think something. he yeah, he. I think this is what it is. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's and I feel like I remember in the movie, Two Face is in the helicopter leaving, and he shoots like the propellers of the helicopter. So like yeah, the helicopter goes down and ends Two Face. But like he, I think there's a dirty bomb on the helicopter. Is there not? Yeah, I, I, I think like, you're he, right. Yeah. Like indirectly kills Two Face to like put an end to it, and like that's just like what we're introduced to how Batman is in that world. Right. Yeah. Which is what he's is in this one. Like he indirectly kills people, but like it's the same mindset. They got in his way. He feel like they got in his way and they got in the way of what he was thinking that what was right. So yeah. indirect murder. And then, <laughs> uh, in, in going back into this minute, um, just, I feel like for, uh, for film making purposes, I, I feel like this is also the same location as where the, the warehouse scene it takes place as well. Cause I, I'm at looking at like 47 seconds in and you see like the warehouses on the side and they look, it looks almost similar to where they're going to be when they go later in the film mm-hmm. to save Martha. Mm-hmm. But, um, the same area though. Uh, in the universe. No, probably not. Maybe, but I feel like for filmmaking purposes, this is the same exact location. Yeah. Like they did this and then they were like, all right, we're going to have the bat plane come through here and like, you know, blow up this, put dynamite or explosives all up this lane right here. Right, right, right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Where do you guys think he's hiding the Batmobile right now? It's see, like, I don't know where <laughs> I, like he's really high up on this crane yeah. and like the Batmobile must be like over like, behind a couple buildings to the left over here because these cars need to leave this lot Mm -hmm. and drive down a driveway a little bit and then the batmobile shows up next week but like looking at batman on the crane it's got to be like into the buildings to the left do you think the bat cave is connected to this area (laughs) through this tunnel system probably probably maybe yeah probably but he had to get there first yeah so it's not like he's going to get there and then run back home to get that. the Batmobile and then come back out. <laughs> I always love that stuff. Oh, I have to get ready. I have to prepare to be like in all places at once. Let me scope out the area. <laughs> yeah. You had 14 hours. It's, yeah, 14 hours. There you go. It's all the time you need in the world. Um, but yeah, we do see uh, it's not John Corbin or John Corbin. John, what do we call him? Gorbin? I think we changed it to a G. I don't know. I think it was like Island Scientist. I think we started calling him Josh Groban. Just we <laughs> had to make up some other name yeah. that wasn't Metallo. Uh, but he's in this minute, and uh, I totally forgot about him the first time I saw this film. So I really didn't even put two and two together. And then by the time they got they re or stopped naming him Josh John Corbin. John Corbin. I know. I'm gonna mess it up every time now. Mm-hmm. That I was like, oh, wait, he actually is still in this film. I totally forgot about him. You know what I just realized, uh, paying attention to this recording that we're doing right now? The shipment that Rocky and comes on, like, the j- javelin that uh, Anatoly uses, like, came in with the same shipment. Like, what's that nonsense? When, like, do th- somewhere in the Indian Ocean black market, like, they're selling kryptonite rocks at the same shop as these javelin rockets? Like... What's what's the deal here? 
It's yeah. nice continuity that they show the javelin case. I just noticed that, like, that's it's there because it's not like he's just like walking up like with a rocket launcher. Like, oh, by the way, I brought this just to pick up this package. No, you know, it's you like have to say it with the Russian accent now. Oh, I brought this just to pick up package. Like, no, like, hey man, Batman's probably gonna be there tonight. So uh, while you're ordering the rock, like, also click you know, one-stop shop that's Javelin Rocket because I'm going to need to shoot the Batmobile. <laughs> it says on the side, it says, Rocket Ammunition with Explosive Projectiles. Hmm. It's crazy that, like, so what's the mindset here of Lex Luthor? Like, this shipment's got to come with this radioactive rock and you got to be there pr- to protect it, so here's the biggest gun that we can find. Like, You're going to the Gotham port, like, the heated, like... Like, if, Batman will show you know up. When ha- like, you know, Batman had that map of Metropolis with all, like, the heat yeah. signatures of, like, the density of Superman's presence and yeah. stopping crime. Like, if you had one of Gotham, like, Gotham this port. is purple, <laughs> yeah. like, on the Gotham port <laughs> of, like, Batman appearance. It's yeah. like... I guess it does make sense for Lex to be like, hey, you're going to meet him. Take this rocket launcher. But just the rocket launcher? There's no like, I mean, I guess everyone should have a rocket launcher. The convoy of cars and stuff. Yeah. Or maybe like Anatoly was like sitting like Lex was tracking the white Portuguese like thing and like add to the shipment and Anatoly's coming over shoulder like, good javelin. (laughs) (laughs) Order me one of those. (laughs) Yeah. You say in a Russian accent. I'm not doing it. (laughs) Uh, any other notes for today's, uh, closing, closing, uh, minute 75? No, nah, not for the minutes anymore. Nope. Cool. Scott, can you tell us about the first time you saw Dawn of Justice? Uh, yeah. I mean, I saw it, um, I saw it opening day and, uh, I liked it enough to see it again. Um, but I, I, I just really liked the aesthetic of the movie. Like once, once we go... Once we really start getting into um, the Batman of it all and we get out of Africa and everything and you just can kind of feel the movie, feel the world in the movie becoming more and more like like the, you know, the DC universe that I've wanted to see on screen forever. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, I just I really I really like that. Um, I, I I liked that about it, and I needed to experience it again, so I I, I saw it twice, um, and I I liked it both times. Like I you know I saw it the one time, and I was like, wow, that was great. And then like everyone was like, oh, that was the worst movie ever made. And I was like, wait, what? What did I miss? And so that was the other reason I wanted to see it again because I was like, what? What are they talking about? And then I saw it again, kind of to to sort of like figure it out. Like, oh, is it bad? And then no, I just I did really like it. I I like it, you know, tons more than I like Man of Steel. Um, Man of Steel just really misses the mark for what I'm looking for in a Superman movie. But this is uh, solid. Um, I don't. Uh, it's definitely not the the tone of a of a DC movie that I I typically would want. But mm-hmm. but but it doesn't mean that I don't I don't appreciate what it's doing. Uh, so. I I really uh, I really liked it, and I really like the Ultimate Edition, uh, R rating aside, um, and I'm looking forward to Justice League quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, cool. And then, so like, if someone came to you and like maybe they did or they didn't like Dawn of Justice, um, 
any other story that you would recommend, like with the two characters, Batman and Superman, or just maybe, hey, you want to check out? It doesn't have to be like origin. Even the Trinity. Yeah. Yeah, or Wonder Woman 2. Well, I... Which you didn't get to talk about this week. Yeah. <laughs> well, I um, I really... Uh, so I've, I've been listening, and so I, I hear everyone else's. And I mean, there's there's obvious ones like the, the world's finest uh, animated movie, which, mm-hmm. which I, I just... I love my my the only thing that I really love in that like it and it's solid but I don't I don't like when Lex Luthor and the Joker work together because it doesn't that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever to me. Um, yeah, I agree. yeah, but <laughs> but uh, what I did love about that story was the uh, uh, you know Superman using his X-ray vision to see who Batman is and then Batman having to do his version of that, which was like basically following him around around and then he sees him like across the rooftop with the binoculars and he like waves at him you know um, that was that i love that oh scene. it's so like, good oh yeah it's it's probably in my top five batman moments uh in the in mm-hmm. all of those animated series i just i love that moment so much where he's like ah you got me but i got you uh it's yeah. really great but the one that i want to recommend because i i can almost guarantee no one else is going to um is that uh I think this was like two years ago now. Um, it just came out. The graphic novel came out in like April of this year, but it's a story called Universe's Finest, and it's uh, it's it's written by Tom Taylor, and it's a story about uh, Batman ending up on the moon for a. Um, there's like a like a somebody murdered a. Um, not a watcher, but like whatever the DC equivalent of that is, I forget what they are. Uh, oh yeah, uh, that was that was they that was in the Batman Superman. Yeah, like, it was a, the Batman Superman. Mm-hmm. Thing. Okay, yeah. So they they were in space. Yeah yeah, 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 they were in space, yeah. and they they uh, they they somebody killed one of these huge beings, and mm-hmm. uh, Batman was there to investigate. And when they died, they 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 drew out. Superman symbol. So Batman calls up Superman. He's like, do you know anything about this? And it's just like a, it's like a space murder mystery with Batman and Superman, like trying to figure out what happened. And it is one of my favorite Batman Superman stories I've ever read. It's so fun. It's like fun, but like, you know, just really cool murder mystery. And my favorite part about it is it's near the end of the new 52. And I feel like Mm -hmm. all the editors were just like, you know what? I know these people don't know each other very well, but we don't, we just don't care anymore. So just write them however you want to write them. So Batman and Superman are written in a way where it seems like they're old friends and have known each other for, you know, 10, 15 years, like Mm -hmm. they did before the new 52 ended. And it just, it, it's so good. Like it just, I remember just savoring every issue of that arc because of how much it made me feel it it made me remember how I felt about discovering the DC universe in comic form in like the early two thousands before they rebooted everything. Um, it just felt it had that vibe to it. I just, I loved it to pieces. Um, it's, it's really awesome. I I think specifically it's issues 28 through 32, uh, of of the, of the series, but the, 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 uh, graphic novel is called the universe's finest. It's volume six of the mm-hmm. new 52 Batman Superman. It's, it's awesome. Highly recommended. It. It's really good. Yeah. I think yeah. it was right after Brett Booth had that, those sideways 
comic issues yeah. for Batman Superman mm-hmm. with like Toy Master right. and stuff. I feel like I started reading that arc and I can't remember if I finished it because then I, I, I feel like I fell off of Batman Superman for a while, but like I still have all the books. I just don't know if I've ever read them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I picked it back up when it had the final days of Superman and there was a couple issues in... I feel like there was something dealing with... Yeah, there was. There was a really nice like uh, Oriental style uh, cover to one of the issues for Batman Superman. That was the final days of Superman. It was one of the last books of New 52 Superman's death. The cover to that book is fucking phenomenal. Sorry, excuse my language. <laughs> it's your podcast. Um, uh, yeah, I just can't remember if I finished that arc. Now I'm going to have to go back home now and look for it. Yeah, that one's written uh, Tom Taylor and Peter Tomasi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the the it's graphic cool. novel is credited to Peter Tomasi because I think he has that arc is just Tom Taylor, but the the mm-hmm. book is a mix. It's not just that arc in the in the graphic novel. Yeah. 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 So so Tomasi like has like collection. I think Tomasi has the death issues. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think like issues thirty three through thirty four and the annual are in there, and I think he wrote all of that. But Tom Taylor did twenty eight through thirty two, and that's the the arc I'm talking about. It's real good. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Cool. All righty. Well, uh, Scott, thank you for joining us. It's been an absolute blast. Why don't you tell the folks uh, where they can find you at? Uh, yeah, I mean, most pertinent to your interests, I guess. Uh, you know, go to duelinggenre.com. Check out everything over there. But uh, you can find me and my co-host, Zach Luna, uh, talking about Spider-Man, uh, the Spider-Man movies, minute by minute. And uh, we have a lot of fun doing that and, and diving into all of that where we just we wrapped up we're actually on hiatus right now we wrapped up the first spider-man uh the first sam raimi spider-man we'll be back in uh 2018 with spider-man 2 and uh we are very much looking forward to it it's it's a lot of fun we we love spider-man the character and that's sort of how we're going into these um so we're gonna do the sam raimi movies and then we're gonna do the amazing spider-man movies and then we'll start getting into the mcu ones uh eventually but uh yeah it's just just a podcast about how much we love spider-man and looking at the interpretations of the character on film and it's been a lot of fun so uh, go go check that out, and and you can find me on all of my other podcasts at DuelingGenre.com. Uh, the Cornetto Minute is the one that I'm doing currently with my co-host Nick Jimenez. We're doing the Edgar Wright Cornetto trilogy one minute at a time, so we're looking at Shaun of the Dead right now, and eventually we'll get to Hot Fuzz and The World's End. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what I got going on, so go check that out, DuelingGenre.com. Hell yeah. And if you need further convincing, you can find Nathan and I guesting on Spider-Man Minute, and I also guested on an episode of Spaced for Cornetto Minute as well. So you can find us there mm-hmm. as well. And I've got you. you I've got you on us. my. Oh. And I've got you on my list for uh, for Shaun of the Dead. So I'll be in touch soon. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> uh, you can also find us at toolmedia.com, where you can also find. Is this just a word, the phrase of the day you can also find us on? Um, Tarantino Minute, where we're doing Pulp Fiction right now. And Austin Powers Minute, where we also guessed it on for International Man of Mystery. Um, also, DC Cinematic Minute Podcast, or Listener Society is a Facebook group. You can find Scott, other guests, other listeners, and we'd like to know your opinions about the minutes that we just talked about. And if you're looking for more content, you can find us on Patreon. For $5 a month, you get bonus episodes. Um, uh, Every weekend, we come out with a a bonus episode where we 
talk about comic books, ones that you recommend. Uh, so we've talked about Doom Patrol. We're about to talk about some more. Um, so find us there and get in on that. And we'll catch you guys next week here on DC Cinematic Minute.